just crossed the state line into Iowa. Population River City, 2212. Cigarettes illegal in this state. Hello, cassettes. Hey. <laughs> welcome, welcome <laughs> to the Black Haste Diaries podcast. We are three old friends learning everything we can about movies and TV and hopefully teaching you in the process. I'm Adam. I'm Marcy. I'm Robin. <laughs> like, we've got it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <We've>, I mean. <laughs> after how many episodes, we finally hit our stride. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, just in case anybody was wondering, when we say we're three old friends, what we mean is that <laughs> we've been friends for a while. Yes. We yeah. don't mean that we're three old people yeah, that are friends. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we're, we're all very young. Well, Animation April has come to an end. Boo. Goodbye, Bye. April. Oh. We shall miss you. Sure. Yeah. Until <laughs> next year. <laughs> but since we're such big fans of alliteration, we've decided to turn this month into Musical May. Woo! Did you see the post about it? Yeah. Probably. (laughs) We each chose a musical to cover this month, which means we're bringing you three episodes focused on some of our absolute favorites. Yeah. So I, Adam, got to choose first. (laughs) (laughs) So I picked (laughs) the music man. Hooray! If, <laughs> if any of you out there went, huh, then you're in for a treat. Yes. <laughs> because I know too many people who go, huh, whenever I mention it. Mm-hmm. Based on Meredith Wilson's Broadway hit, this film adaptation was released in 1962, starring Robert Preston and Shirley Jones. It was a huge success and is still considered to be one of the most popular classic musicals among younger viewers. I agree. Yeah. For a lot of us, The Music Man introduced us to musicals. It's funny and entertaining, although a bit dated, and often it's a great musical to watch if you're just getting started in the genre. Plus, its songs are so damn fun to sing. They are. Hell yeah. So this week, we're taking a little trip to River City, Iowa, where we'll pick a little, talk a little, pick a little, talk a little, cheep, 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 talk a lot, pick a little more. Yeah. I love the music, man. I'm so thrilled Adam chose it. I remember Yay. when we watched it together for the first time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I have probably seen a few musicals before this one. I mean, we did a couple at high school that I was like kind of involved in. I mean, technically that's not a movie, but it counts, right? Yeah. And then some other ones here and there. But this one, I was like, dang, this is a great musical, movie, whatever you want to yeah. call it, period. <laughs> like, no matter what, no matter which way you look, in, look at it, yeah, it's great. I've watched this movie at least 30 times in my life. I, we've watched it every, t- every year for the 4th of July. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful movie. It's so fun. It's just kind of like a love letter to music. It's a love letter to his hometown yes. and to this time period. Yeah. And it, it's just really nice, wholesome. And as far as some of its datedness goes, it's not, you know, there are definitely worse things out there. It's not that bad. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've heard a lot of people say, like, this is the non-musical fans musical. This is the kind of musical. <laughs> yeah, I believe yeah. that. Yeah, that you yep. see when you're a kid at your grandma's house and you might not be into musicals, but you're like, you know what? This is pretty good. Yeah. This was not so bad. This musical is also very funny and yes. incredibly relatable. And in some ways, 
completely timeless. So mm-hmm. before we dive deep into the history of the movie, let's talk first about Meredith Wilson himself. Way back in 2019, you guys. Ugh, ancient times. Oh, yeah. Man. We briefly touched on this movie in our case of the movie musical part one. Go check that out if you're in the mood for some classic BCD. Yeah. If you're some classic us. And then after that, go all the way back to when we had one mic. Yeah, enjoy yeah. that. That's fun. Which actually isn't as bad as we thought it was. You know, we it isn't. Back. We listened to that recently and went, oh. Robin Sweet. was amazing at editing then. Thank you. Thank you. I was still, still fresh is. out of college back then, so yeah. still had all my tricks. <laughs> all the hope in your heart. Yeah, yeah. That was the biggest trick of all. <laughs> Meredith Wilson was a talented flautist, composer, and songwriter from Mason City, Iowa. He wrote The Music Man as a salute to his home state, and he was born in 1902, ten years before the events of the musical, meaning he would have been about Winthrop's age when The Music Man came to town. So imagine young Winthrop growing up to write the story of Professor Harold Hill. That's super cool. Yeah, it's super cute. Yes, it is. When he was in his early 20s, he actually traveled with John Philip Sousa's band as a flautist. He also played in the New York Philharmonic. So in the play, when he's like, and John Philip Sousa, you know, and he like oh, puts his yeah, hand over yeah. his heart. Well, I mean, Meredith Wilson actually played in his band. And, nice. You know. After serving in World War II, Wilson returned to songwriting and was the music director of ABC Radio and TV Networks. So he was a big music guy. He is actually in the Songwriting Hall of Fame, and even though he's best known for writing The Music Man, he also wrote a lot of popular songs, like It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas, ah, for example. Nice. So every time you hear that at Christmas time, yeah. just thank Meredith Wilson. He also wrote The Unsinkable Molly Brown, another great musical. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that one. I've heard of it, but I have not seen that yeah. one. Yeah. Hmm. But of course, his crown jewel was the Music Man, an ode to his hometown state, which earned him a Grammy and a Tony. Awesome. Heck yeah. Originally, Wilson intended on writing a book about the happy childhood he had in Mason City, Iowa. In the late 1940s, he decided to write a play instead, incorporating songs that he had written and basing some of the characters on actual people. Right on. So he, eventually, I think he did release kind of some information on who some of the people were based on, mm-hmm. but he never said who Harold Hill was based on. Oh, ah. you son of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> when Wilson had trouble securing the funding for the show, it almost became a TV special for CBS. That deal did not come to fruition, and when Wilson finally found the support for a stage production, the next hurdle was casting the title role. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. You know, when I think about this, I'm like, you want it to be a success, like, right away. Like, Mm -hmm. you pitch it once, like, boom. Oh, this is a great idea. We're going to do it. But before we even say all the things that happened, I just want to say that I am very glad that it went the way that it did so (laughs) that it is the way that it is. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because thinking about, like, oh, what if it went this way and they... And CBS did do it as a TV special. Maybe it would still be good, but it wouldn't be this. Yeah. yeah. No, you know what I mean? It would be totally different. I, it would have had a different lead, and it would have been a one-off thing. Yeah. It would have been just a TV special. I mean, how many TV specials from the 1950s do you guys- Right, exactly. Uh. Apparently, many potential leads turned down the part, from Danny Kaye to Gene Kelly. The show's director, Morton DaCosta, eventually selected actor Robert Preston to play Harold Hill, even though Meredith Wilson was doubtful he could pull it off. 
since Preston had never starred in a musical before. Oh, yeah. buddy. <laughs> Could he pull it off? The Music Man premiered on Broadway in December of 1957. It was a critical and commercial success and had a five-year run that included 1,375 performances. Oh, boy. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> I, I could just imagine being in this play, right? And you struggle, maybe you struggle to learn your lines or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah. after like five, you're like, you're doing the, like. After five years of like. Got it. I got to yeah. do it yeah. my sleep. <laughs> after this many, you're like. Yeah. You'll yeah. never forget like, your lines, right? <laughs> nope. The show was nominated for eight Tony Awards, winning five, including Best Musical, beating out West Side Story. Holy cow. Yeah. Yes. That is a big deal. That's quite the one to beat. Yes. After its successful Broadway run, it was a no-brainer that this show needed the major motion picture treatment. Warner Brothers purchased the Music Man for $1 million, a fairly nice sum in the late 1950s. A hefty yeah. sum for mm-hmm. then, yeah. Heck yeah, heck yeah. So they went ahead and bought it. I mean, think about it. The play opens in 1957. Mm-hmm. It runs for five years. Five years later, the movie is out in theaters. Gosh. Like and like Dang. it's it, right yeah. at the end of its run, boom, people can go see it. Nailed it. So for those of you who haven't seen Music Man, whether it be the play or this movie, we'll give you a little synopsis right now. The Music Man follows esteemed con man <laughs> Professor Harold Hill <laughs> as he as he heads to the town of River City, Iowa. He's been warned that this town is full of people that are impossible to trick. Salt of the earth folk that see through every sly by night salesman. (laughs) (laughs) At first, it seems that this town has met its match, as Hill is able to convince the residents that they are in need of a boys' band to keep their children out of trouble. Of course, the local librarian is skeptical, concerned that he will hurt her friends and family by getting them to believe in something and be ultimately let down. Over time, she too sees the magic in the eponymous Music Man, just as Harold discovers that his music isn't really a con at all. It's so good. Yeah, so, yeah, essentially, you guys get it, right? He's a con man, he comes to town, turns out he's really got a heart of gold, right? Yep. Yeah, we we all got that. We all understand what's going on. She's skeptical of him, she falls in love with him. The, my favorite thing about her is that she falls in love with him. She knows he's a con man, though, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. she falls in love with him anyway. Yeah, I yeah. think that that's that's kind of cool because yeah. it's like they the, they could totally skip over the conflict of you lied to me, you know? Right? Like, right. Yeah. She to- she knows she's she knows yeah. he's lying to her. Yeah. yeah. And, it's, and it's she helps him hide it. Yeah. <laughs> right. It, it, and it's great that she's just like smart enough to just be like, look, dude. I see exactly what you're doing. Yeah. But then at the same time, kind of look past him like, oh, he's a genuine guy. Yeah. yeah. Like underneath. She, it's just, there's just like this moment, I think, where she's about to expose him. Mm-hmm. And when she sees that even though it's a lie, it's a lie that has uplifted the whole town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she decides not to expose the lie. And she's, even though she knows he's a con man, she's like, you know, you did do a nice thing. Even yeah. though you lied. Yeah. You did do a nice thing. And so. Yeah, because the town wasn't exactly in 
in like a bad way yeah. necessarily, Mm-mm. but it was just the sleepiest little nothing going on kind mm-hmm. of place and everyone just seemed kind of ho-hum, mm-hmm. right? And then finally something interesting happens, right? Whether <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. whether it's trouble or not, it creates something that gets everyone excited and that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, so now we're going to talk a little bit about the making of the movie. Mm. Yay. So in the early 1960s, Hollywood was past the gigantic sweeping musicals of the golden age. The Music Man looked and felt like a stage performance, but with a Technicolor pop and innovative camera work. Yeah. These are my favorite kind of movie musicals yeah. that look yes. essentially like a musical, mm-hmm. but with a little more, just more cinematography, yeah. more, you know. Yeah. A little more razzle down. Yeah, a little bit of oomph, but not like, you <laughs> yeah. know. Yeah, the stages are a little bit like bigger and they kind of wrap around, yeah. you know, yeah. like it's a set. Yeah, it's clearly a set. And yeah. that's something that I like about it. I like yeah. that mm-hmm. aesthetic. Me too. Because, like, duh, you're watching a movie. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, duh, it's a set. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. It's got charm to it. Yeah. <laughs> Morton DaCosta directed both the stage and film productions. Ooh, nice. Yeah. He brought with him from the stage choreographer Anna White. White was instrumental in creating... (laughs) 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 She was instrumental in creating the famous Madam Librarian dance scene, an iconic moment for the film. Lead actress Shirley Jones warned Anna that she wasn't a very good dancer, but Anna assured her that she would be after making this film. Oh, hey. <laughs> nice. Confidence. That's all it takes. Don't worry. Exactly. I'll take care of that. Like, y- y- you'll spend enough time doing yeah. it. Yeah. We'll fix it in post. Right? <laughs> Shirley Jones was actually the first person cast in the movie, since she was already a bona fide film star. The studio wanted a big name for Harold Hill to draw in even more audiences. They reportedly asked Cary Grant and were considering Frank Sinatra, but it was clear that Robert Preston was the only music man for the job. Holy crap, yes. Oh my yeah. gosh, yeah. absolutely. Are you <laughs> yeah. kidding me? I This is such a Hollywood thing to do, though. Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised they tried to get other people to do it. Nope. Yeah. They were like, we can bring in more audiences. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't even a musical, like, he wasn't even a musical actor on the stage before he was in this. And right. so- they're like, you're a nobody, essentially. In Hollywood, <laughs> nobody knows who you are. Yeah. So. Yeah, but I mean, the way I'd look at it is that if the play itself did that well, yeah. obviously yeah. he's doing something right. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. I cannot imagine him as anyone else. Yeah. No. Cary Grant was even quoted saying, not only will I not star in it, if Robert Preston doesn't star in it, I will not see it. Oh, <laughs> damn. Oh, yeah, laying it down. I can't believe they thought of Cary Grant. <laughs> Shirley Jones said that, I don't know if you knew this or not, but Warner Brothers, who produced Music Man, wanted Frank Sinatra to play Harold Hill. They were about to sign him, but Meredith Wilson came in and said, listen, unless you use Robert Preston, you don't do my show. And that's how Preston got the part. Dang, man. Yeah. Nice. Coming in to save, <laughs> yes. save the day. Remember how he didn't think that Robert Preston right? would it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, what the heck? Sounds man? like he turned around a bit mm-hmm. after the 1,375 shows. <laughs> right. <laughs> the sets were simple. 
Three of River City's major establishments, City Hall, the library, and the firehouse were all located in one facade on the Warner Brothers lot. So it's just like one building. Wow. All of those buildings were one thing. Nice. Wow. DaCosta was well known for his inventive camera work, and he used angles and editing to trick the audience into thinking that these were three different structures. Yeah. And they it would worked. never know. Yeah. yeah. The music was conducted by Ray Heindorf, and all of the songs were pre-recorded. And it became clear that Preston was a master of performing the songs as if they were live. The film took nine months to shoot, as each musical number was shot in about three weeks. That's crazy to me. Wow. <laughs> but in three weeks and one song, those yeah. dancers got to work out. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Only one number was practiced at a time, with intense rehearsals. The goal was to get each scene done in one take, much like watching a musical performed on stage. When all was said and done, the film premiered in Mason City, Iowa. Yay! Oh, cute. You're in Iowa. It was a star-studded event with box socials and band events as well. How cute. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> How Just go cute. a whole nine yards. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That is so, that's adorable. So, now that we've talked about how the movie was made. Yeah. We're done. Yep. Goodbye. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, hang on a dang second. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're going to talk about the music in The Music Man. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine if we didn't talk about the music? <laughs> e gods. Yeah. <laughs> Watch your phraseology. <laughs> I love this movie so much. <laughs> When Meredith Wilson sat down to write the music for The Music Man, he wrote new songs and included others that he had written over the years. He ended up writing about 40 songs and only 17 made it into the film. Goodness gracious. What a prolific wow. man. Can we have yeah. Can we have the Snyder Cut of The Music <laughs> Man with all 40 songs? All please? 40 songs written? Oh my gosh. Not all of them were used in the stage either. Wilson obviously took the advice to write what you know. This is apparent in the scene when Harold Hill coaches the Buffalo Bills. He says, singing is just sustained talking, a piece of advice that vocal coaches have been using for thousands of years. In a lot of ways, Harold Hill really is a music man more than a con man. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I always thought that. Like, he does actually know quite a bit about music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, at the end of the day, he may not be able to teach somebody how to properly play the trombone or the trumpet yeah. or anything mm -hmm. like that. But as far as like just music in general and musicality and yeah, being like being able to inspire somebody to want to play music is like mm -hmm. super good at that. It is the <laughs> yeah. most fake it till you make it thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like the whole, it's like he learned a little bit about it. Pretty early on his plan is to like woo the music teacher. The only mm -hmm. person in town who knows anything about music. Because he's like, oh, hey, you know, if mm -hmm. I can get her on my side, then I'm good. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if from town to town, if he just picked up more and more, you know. Right, right. Yeah. Just kind of yeah. pick their brain a little bit each time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's this underlying thing where it seems like he really does want to be a band leader. And he really does yeah. want, you know, even though this is his con... Yeah, he's kind of falling for his own trick. Yeah. At, yeah. After a while. Like he wants to do it. Yeah. Either that or just craving to do something real for once. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the the first song we'll talk about is the main title slash Rock Island slash Iowa Stubborn. 
We've got three Woo. songs here. Yeah. Going on. So for the main title track, Pacific Title created miniature music men. So when you when the movie opens up, we actually see some stop motion music men yes. yeah. lining up. So we got a little bit of animation April. Yes. Marching hey. in uh, got an animated intro for this musical. <laughs> musical men. Yeah, very, very cute. The song Rock Island is actually a favorite of Hugh Jackman. And he has said that doing the number in high school has actually got him interested in show business. Hey, that's cool. Yeah, so this is the song at the beginning of the film that is very fun. Yeah. Very fun song to sing. So many of these songs are fun. Yeah. This is the one that's just this ensemble. They're on the train. They're bouncing up and down pretending. They're pretending they're on a train, so that all yes. they're doing is basically just shaking in place. <laughs> it is the, that is the most staged thing ever. Yes. Yeah. And uh, he's a what? He's a what? He's a music man. Oh my god. Yeah. I love that song. It's just Perfect. in time with with like the sounds of the train and yes. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It sets up just the time, the place. We know we're in Iowa. Mm-hmm. You know, this guy is kind of rival, this anvil salesman, which is, again, hilarious. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You got this hilarious group of salesmen <laughs> selling ridiculous things. And <laughs> then they start gossiping about this music man <laughs> who ends up actually being on the train. Yeah, he's yes. there. Yeah. The reveal of him is brilliant. Mm-hmm. He's like, yes. I think I'll give it a try. And they're like, oh, hey. And he's off the train. Yeah. Yes. Men, you've yes. inspired me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and all, all they see is his, his briefcase that says Professor Harold. Yeah. Hill. And they're like, oh, shit. That's him. A... They're like shaking their fists at the train. <laughs> we know we've all been conned by this con man. <laughs> oh. Iowa Stubborn is one of the bigger numbers of the film involving most of the ensemble cast. It perfectly captures the attitude of small town America. Yep. Yeah. I imagine that <laughs> towns like this probably exist almost just like this movie. Yes. I mean, obviously, a little more advanced than, than <laughs> 50s, but... Or, the, or, or, or in or, 1912. Yeah, or 1912, <laughs> even, yeah. Obviously different from that, but, like, attitude-wise, mm-hmm. same. Yeah, yeah, I... This song is so funny. Mm-hmm. It, it's really great because it's got a lot of great humor in it, and you could tell he's really poking fun at his town, but in a loving way. Oh, and the the way they say Iowa, yeah. Iowa, you're versus in Iowa. Iowa. Oh, he's I thought like, you preferred Iowa. Yeah, we do. We don't want anybody else to say it. <laughs> <laughs> and it it reminds me a lot of the smaller towns mm-hmm. in Ohio. Too. Yeah, there's, there's like Lancaster versus Lancaster, Lancaster, Lancaster yeah. and yeah, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, so and, uh, you can relate to it yeah. no matter yeah. where. Yeah, exactly. You don't think about it growing up in a big in a city like Columbus, mm-hmm. but when you do go to a small town. It's amazing how it's true that everyone knows everyone. Yeah. And they yeah. are always aware of what's going on. If one person does one thing, everyone finds out. Yes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I love it. There's there's nothing halfway about the IOA we greet you when we meet you, which we may not do at all. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yes. Yep. So we're glad to have yeah. you with us, even though we may not ever mention it again. Yep. <laughs> I, I love <laughs> yep. this yep. song. We're, we're being as nice as we can, but hey. So the next song is You Got Trouble. Possibly one of the most popular, famous songs from this musical. I would yeah. say so, yeah. Yeah. And this is the first time that Harold Hill, Robert Preston actually really gets to mm-hmm. sing. 
Yes. And really, we have this, you know, this big number, and this is the number where he's tricking everybody mm-hmm. into believing that they need a boys' band. Yes. Well, either you're closing your eyes to a situation you do not wish to acknowledge, or you are not aware of the caliber of disaster indicated by the presence of a pool table in your community. So Preston was perfect at appearing like he was doing the numbers live, but they were indeed pre-recorded. This number is definitely a masterpiece. I. Yeah. can't imagine it like that because like yeah like mute the movie and yeah. that's kind of what you're but part of me kind of wants somebody to edit in like footsteps <laughs> so they're just mouthing stuff but you hear all them all shuffling around when they're moving <laughs> but no singing and it's There's like no singing. that's how awkward it had to have been on the set <laughs> <laughs> even though they might have actually been singing. oh they yeah. might have it, actually sung yeah. just to like you know bring it through but yeah yeah, yeah. so for timing and stuff to right know when... right oh my god <laughs> but it's just funny to think about it yeah this song is so good. I love that he just asks the one guy he recognizes. <laughs> he's like, "What's new?" And he's like, "Well, like, I guess they just put a pool table in the in the what is, whatever the place, the parlor." Yeah, the billiards parlor. Yeah, yeah. it's like I can work with that. It's like <laughs> what? <laughs> pool is trouble, everyone. Yes. It's like yes. It's this wonderful commentary about how you can literally demonize anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's so cool because. Watching it as an outsider, watching it, it's so ridiculous. But you can see how people would fall for it, and they still do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This still happens, and yeah. it's totally—it's this wonderful little cautionary moment, like completely made up, totally <laughs> fabricated, ridiculous. Yeah. But they're like, oh, God, you know, that make, makes sense. You're making sense. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, succeeding. It is, yeah, it is trouble. Yeah. yeah, my kid is coming home with these joke books. And, yes, and that's related too. <laughs> my goodness, they're saying words like gonna like swell. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that he like he like lucks out because they were looking into the window when he like points over there. Yeah. It's like yeah. they're looking in there after school. Yeah. And they're like, mm, oh no. My boy, how I couldn't possibly. <laughs> Anything that's new, man. Yeah. Anything you could just and I just love it. Like the random the random things he pulls in, the main <laughs> remember the main Plymouth Rock and the Golden Rule. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's gibberish. Yeah. He's like, oh, I love billiards. Billiards, I I play it all the time, but pool? uh, (laughs) Trouble. (laughs) What? Literally the same game. Oh, it's... And this is one of those things that makes the movie timeless because this is the kind of thing that still happens. Yeah. Yeah. And it still works. (laughs) People still fall for it, so... So the next one is piano lesson slash if you don't mind me saying so. (laughs) (laughs) This is where they introduce the librarian's mother. Yes. Who is one of the best characters in the whole thing. (laughs) I love her so much. She's very Mm -hmm. funny. Yes. So this song is sung by Marion and her mother. It sets up both characters and depicts a realistic relationship between a mother and daughter. Marion being in her 20s and unmarried. (gasps) And talking to her mom, who is kind of encouraging her, hey, maybe you should, you know, see what's out there. Maybe just like open up your options, you know, you know, as, as yeah, uh, as a mother, the famous do. conversation yeah. that yeah. you see in movies a lot. This is also a great musical representation of how adults can have a conversation with a child present, and the child has no understanding of what they are talking about. Yep, yep. Yeah. it's it's wonderful because you know the kid is actually playing the song and they are speaking, speak singing. To the to the melody that she is playing, 
She has no idea what's going on. Yep. The whole conversation. Marion kind of rebukes the women in the town and mm-hmm. her mom's like, dude, don't do that. Those are your peers. And she's like, are they? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Really? They don't like balls, Yeah. Like, what am balls, I supposed to do with that? I love how, like, almost like planky plonky the whole song is because mm-hmm. the kids just playing mm-hmm. one note at a time, just doing their like exercises, right? Yeah. And it turns into a whole song. It's wonderful. It's so cool how they it kind of anchored it around Marion, who mm-hmm. is a piano teacher. So there's like these nice little melodies that the little kid is playing, and mm-hmm. yeah, it mm-hmm. is very. Like you said, plinky plonky, <laughs> you know, and especially because as she does her crossover piece, which is very very funny. Yeah, she just she's doing her piano with one hand, and then she reaches over with the other, the other. hand. Ding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's what she does for the next song, mm-hmm. which is "Good Night, My Someone." Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, "Good Night, My Someone." We're gonna talk about that one and seventy six trombones at the same time. Oh boy. Yeah. So arguably the most famous song from the musical is 76 Trombones. I think I've heard, you know, I, mm-hmm. I think that mm-hmm. might be yeah, yeah. the one most yeah. people, people associate or... with this musical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the standout number where Harold Hill inspires the town to imagine life with a band. It's the perfect theme song for the character as he's attempting to swindle everyone. But of course, the song comes back around at the end as the boys band in town turns out to be more than what they imagined it would be. Yes. Conversely, Goodnight My Someone is Marion's song. She first sings it with her piano student as she says goodnight to her true love on the evening star. It's a song defined by innocence and love and seemingly the perfect foil to Hillsong. So initially, when the characters are still foils in the play, these songs are foils, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they, they kind of get their own song here. That's why it's perfect that both songs are actually the same melody with different tempos. Oh, oh my shit. God. Hold yeah. on. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. I'm not ready for that. <laughs> By the end of the story, the characters are no longer foils, and the two songs become one in a literal and figurative sense. Nah, yes. <sighs> Son of a gun. Yes. <laughs> that is why later on in the movie, when she is getting ready to meet him on the footbridge, He's singing 76 trombones, she's singing Goodnight My Someone, and then ah. that flips and he sings Goodnight My Someone and she sings 76 trombones. Wow. Oh, I didn't realize that. I I figured, like, I got that they mix nice yeah, towards yeah. the end when they weren't foils anymore, but I didn't, it never clicked with me that, that from the beginning they were the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My dad has pointed that out to me. So many times throughout yeah. my life. Yeah. And every time I go, oh, yeah, because the, the tempo really affects it so much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You just, you know, it really, they do sound like two different songs. That's amazing. Kind of a fun little thing that he did there, yeah. right? I kind of want to speed up Goodnight My Someone or slow down 76 trombones <laughs> to, like, hear it To hear they're the same. Yeah. 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 Oh, my gosh. <laughs> also, let's talk about 76 trombones for a second. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. Uh, what a great song. It's in my head so hard. Is this one in the public domain? <laughs> no, I don't think ah, so. Dang it. Sorry. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Fit the bursting. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This song is so fun because this is this big number. And I think it's it's the first big number after the Iowa stubbornness. Yeah. 
And but this one's so fast and so fun. We've got all these dancing going on. Yeah. Everyone's pretending to play instruments. And it's so cool because you really can see how everyone's buying it. Everybody, hook, line, and sinker. Mm-hmm. Everyone is gonna. They're in. They're in. And Marion is like one of the only people that's like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah. <laughs> and everybody else is like, you know, "Woo, you're, he's right. We're gonna have a band." Oh yeah, <laughs> man. I want one of those trombones. Yeah, I want. I want some pants with a stripe on the side. Yeah. Yeah. A oh. lie he never delivers on. Yeah. By right. the way, there are no stripes on the pant leg. No. It bothered me a lot. <laughs> Oh, God, it's so good. Yeah. This song is fantastic. <laughs> and this whole scene is really great, too, because it is a great moment of seeing the town hall, mm-hmm. kind of getting the feeling of the mayor, the mayor's wife. We've got, like, all this going on. Yeah. It's, like, the most boring <laughs> town gathering ever. Yeah. Up until he until yeah. Bill shows up. It's the 4th of July. And so that's why this song, a lot of people kind of connected to the 4th of July mm-hmm. because John Philip Sousa, you know, usually his patriotic marches are played on the 4th of yeah, July. Yeah, they're like huge, yeah. bombastic yeah. things. And so this is a very 4th of July, yeah. John Philip Sousa kind of song. Yeah. So the next one was Sincere slash Light a Rose slash Every Song sung by the Buffalo Bills. All of them. This is the barbershop quartet that is yeah. in the play. They're so good. <laughs> they're incredible. They're, they, they, were, they were like, the music. <laughs> but then as soon as they learned, they're like, oh, music? we sound good. <laughs> we'll sing all the time. All the time. <laughs> when Harold Hill unites the members of the school board, the rest of the town is skeptical that they will stop fighting. Ladies, from now on, you'll never see one of those men without the other three. Professor, you're wrong. Why, they've hated each other for 15 years. Of course, after the group is brought together with music, they appear multiple times in the show singing. And they do sing these songs, and I believe that Sincere and Light of Rose are both written by Meredith Wilson. But he sings, they sing Goodnight Ladies a little mm-hmm. bit later. Mm-hmm. That is not written by Meredith Wilson. They, they are like the cliche expected version of a barbershop quartet, mm-hmm. but... They sound so good because yeah. they they have such a range between the four of them. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. What else can you say about it? It's so good. I know, and it's funny to me that like they these are very side characters, like very yeah, very yeah. side. Like they're in there in the beginning. Hey, they're fighting. Let's have them sing together. And then the rest of the movie, they're just kind of show up every once in a yeah. while, just like singing songs. Yeah, <laughs> they're hanging like, out, joined at the hips. Yeah, yeah they, they're like. <laughs> Whenever they, they run into Hill, they're like, hey, we still need your papers or whatever. And then he's like, oh, well, let me sing a song for a second. And they're like, oh, yeah, let's sing All one right. And then he just scoots away, and they're, <laughs> and they're just still singing. <laughs> it's every time he gets something like that. It's great. Next, there's Pick a Little, Talk a Little, slash Goodnight Ladies. So Goodnight Ladies is one of the few songs featured in the film that was not written by Meredith Wilson. The song was written long before The Music Man takes place and would very likely be sung by the residents of River City. So uh-huh. it, makes a lot, it makes a lot of sense that they yeah. sing this song. Uh, and also, so Pick a Little, Talk a Little is an incredible depiction of gossip in a small community. The film even hilariously places the imagery of hens against the group of women as they pick and talk about Marion's scandal. It's 
it's so perfect because they are dressed in like the frilliest feather covered <laughs> yes. outfits you can imagine. Oh my and gosh. Then yes. The chickens there. And yeah, I mean, nasty, man. They're not saying very nice things. No. Yeah, yeah. They're, and this part of the movie, if you haven't seen it, they are talking about Marion, the lead female, who is mm-hmm. a beautiful, young, single 20 something woman, mm-hmm. yep. which obviously is weird to them. And there was a man that she was seen with and they all just kind of assume that there was something you know scandalous sinister and scandalous yeah going on because after he died he left the library building to the town because he owned the library and then he left all the books to her so that she would have to be the librarian yeah gotcha and so they were like oh you know Everyone loves a woman that slept her way to the top, I guess. <laughs> Being a librarian in a oh, small town oh in Iowa. Gosh. Yeah. So difficult. <laughs> like, she's just rolling in cash. <laughs> yeah. I know. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is a great. And then they do, they do pair this with Goodnight Ladies mm-hmm. very well. So the last one that I'm going to talk about is the sadder but wiser girl for me. So <laughs> this song is about... Professor Harold Hill is singing about how he prefers an experienced woman, either in sex or life. In some ways, it's a liberating song, but in other ways, it might be seen as insulting. So this song, basically what's going on is he's heard the gossip about Marion, and he's kind of saying, I don't care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. In fact, I like her even more. Yeah. yeah. And in yeah. some yeah, in some ways that's like kind of a liberating thing, right? Yeah. For him yeah. to be saying this in 1912, oh, yeah. she slept with another man? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Because <laughs> most would be like, oh, no. like He's just like, actually, I kind of prefer it. She has experience. Mm-hmm. She's, if she's a woman that sleeps around, she's not looking for anything serious. I'm not looking for anything serious. Yeah, either. I'm going to yeah. be gone in a few days. Yeah. 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 He's yeah. like, I'm a traveling salesman. Yeah, exactly. And so he's very, you know, he really, this is more of a song about him singing about that. Mm-hmm. You know, a little bit. Got some sexual innuendo going on. Also... But also he's, you know, kind of like, hey, she has life experience. I have life experience. But there are lines in this song that, while they are funny, um, (laughs) (laughs) they (laughs) could be, you know, I don't know. I can see people taking offense (laughs) to the things that he says in this song. Especially, again, as they're singing it in front of this little girl who yes. isn't understanding what they're saying. She has no idea what they're saying. Right. Kind of like when Marion and her mother were yes. talking about things Yes, well. Amaryllis is the most... She she is the most <laughs> clueless character in this entire show. Yeah, she just came to pet the horses. Yeah, yeah. really. And, you know, we talked about at the beginning of the episode that there were some dated things this Mm -hmm. is about as bad as it gets yeah 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 the next one here is marion the librarian (laughs) when i was a kid this was my favorite song yes this one's great as we said before anna white was instrumental in creating this number since shirley jones did not feel entirely confident in her dancing abilities she appreciated that the male dancers were able to lead and guide her around the room and the number she said they were such amazing dancers that they could make anyone look good. Heck yeah. yeah. The dancing is phenomenal. Yes. You know, and we've got these guys wearing the looking fresh with these 
rain slickers on yeah. their on their shoes. Yeah. yeah. So their shoes have all these different colors. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yes. I love that. And yeah, this is you know I don't the choreography in this movie is amazing because it yes. really does such a good job depicting what's going on in the song, what the song represents. Obviously. Yeah. We see her kind of falling for it. You know, she mm-hmm. kind of gets into it. She kind of lets lets her guard down a little bit. And she wakes up every time. Wait, nope, wait, wait, nope. <laughs> yeah, she goes back to her books. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I I love that. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that this, it, I don't know, It's just, this was just such a fun number for me as a kid. Yeah. I love how much this song plays with this set. Yeah. You know, there's lots of movement around. They even go up to the second story of the library. And, you know, it's all seamlessly done with the choreography. It's very nice and it's fun. Yeah. It's just fun to yeah. watch. The three weeks were spent well on this. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Next is being in love. <laughs> you know, the uh, the time to go to the bathroom song. <laughs> the yeah. slowest and, you know, not much has happened. I, I do like this song. Marion is kind of talking about the fact that, you know, because her mom is, she's been pushing her a little bit. Hey, open up. Hey, this guy likes you. Hey, you know, that kind of thing. And finally, Marion's like, look, I'm not the problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I've been in love before. Right. Like, I, I have. Right. They, they just didn't love me back. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that's, because that, that's kind of what the song is about. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I want someone to love me for once, like actually love me. Right. It is a it is a nice song because I love that part at the end. She goes, I just want just once somebody to be in love with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know this is the song that comes on and we'll go, okay, everybody, get your drinks. Everybody, go if you want to get a snack. Reply or, to those messages. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> go want to go get your go to the bathroom real quick. And that's so funny to me. It's such an old concept to like get up in a movie while it's running and and because usually. Uh, now we would just pause it. Yeah. I feel bad about it. <laughs> because it is a really good song. And yeah. It, it, yeah. it is an important part of the, the whole story. Mm-hmm. Yes. But like, yeah. you know. It's like, stop it. Stop telling me to just, you know, yeah. this is a con man. He's going to break my heart. There's no mm-hmm. reason for me to get all excited about this. But luckily, the next song is another <laughs> oh. super yeah. Uh, smash. The yeah, banger. this is another pretty famous one. Yeah. It is the Wells Fargo Wagon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this song has been used in the Wells Fargo commercials to promote the bank. According to Google, it is one of the four biggest banks in America. Wow. Yeah. So everybody kind of has, I think everybody yeah. has heard of Wells Fargo. Mm-hmm. This film is still beloved by so many that in 2017, SNL did a sketch where the wagon was coming and offering the townsfolk of River City bogus bank accounts. (laughs) (laughs) Which is amazing. Yes. This sketch addressed the scandal around Wells Fargo while singing the upbeat musical number from the film. Yes. I wonder if um, if there's like a 2020... Or you know, m- modern time version of this it's movie. Like, oh, uh, yeah. oh, the Amazon yeah. time truck is a coming down, down the street. The UPS truck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next is another absolute joy song. Of course, yes. Gary, Indiana. Oh, let me say it once again. <laughs> Ron Howard recently sung a bit of the song "Lisp and All" in an interview. 
We'll link to that one in the blog. Yes, you can so watch good. it. You gotta go check that out. And it doesn't have many S's in it at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. It's perfect. This is where we start to see kind of a change in Marion, mm-hmm. where she sees that change in Winthrop. Yeah. You know, she sees that he's kind of getting excited and, uh, you know, he's singing yes. out loud. Yeah. Because he's been such a quiet kid, you know, because yeah. he's embarrassed of his lisp and yeah. whatever. So he's finally like excited about something, mm-hmm. right? He's said she, more than three words. Yeah, and yeah. she sees that, and it's like, well, I guess, you know, Harold Hill's kind of got something to do with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It's like I, I think the one of the biggest moments is when the Wells Fargo wagon comes, and right, then yeah, he runs up to her, and he's like, "Oh my gosh! Like, look at my little, look at my instrument!" Mm-hmm, he's so mm-hmm. excited. And, and they have the instruments or yeah. something physical there to prove that the band is going to happen. And that's when she decides to rip up the pages in the book and is like, never right. mind, yep. never mind. Yeah. You know, and I think that's one of those big moments because she's so scared. She explains it to Harold Hill, too. She says, she, look, uh, his dad has died. Uh, you know, he has a lisp. He, I, you know, like, I just, I don't want you to destroy his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, by making him think that this is going to be great and then it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's really cool that she looks out for him like that. Yeah. Right. And it was a good way to really get at Hill's, like, yeah, yeah, heart and be like, look, man, this is affecting. Yeah. You see how it's affecting this kid personally? Like, yeah. what you're doing? Next on the list here is Shapoopy. Shapoopy. Yay. (laughs) What a fun word is that, huh? For this song, Wilson invented the term Shapoopy to mean a woman who won't kiss until the third date. (gasps) She's his Shapoopy. (laughs) (laughs) The song is fun, but seems random. Absolutely. Yeah. And is often made fun of by fans. I would say this is the most made yeah. fun of song mm-hmm. in the entire show. Yes. I, there's a Family Guy sketch where they make fun of it. Yep. The song makes sense because they're all gathered together mm-hmm. to do this big event. Of course they're going to sing a song. Yeah. This is a musical. Mm-hmm. This is one of the songs. I, I'm not sure. It's like you're watching it. And you're not sure if this is a, a diegetic song or not. Because yeah. you're like, are they, is this a performance that they're putting on, you know, but then everybody starts dancing, mm-hmm. yeah. but it's like, but this really, there's no like moment that this is interpreting, you know, it's like, yeah, so, yeah. it's a really kind of confusing moment. <laughs> yeah. You don't really know if like, if everyone's just singing and dancing at the social, if that's what's going on, mm-hmm. maybe that's what it is. Right. I don't know. Cause it's not like one of those moments where they sing instead of talk or sing instead of think. Yeah. You know, it's just like, they're just shapoopying. They're shapoopying <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> There's shapooping everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it was their duty. <laughs> oh. This was the biggest dance number in the film, showing off the musical stylings of Buddy Hackett. Yay. The scene was shot with an elaborate overhead camera. Heck yeah. 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 This one's really fun. Yes. And it's also fun if you're watching it and you're kind of picking out costume choices and realizing Mm -hmm. like the colors they used for each person Mm -hmm. and and how they choreographed all of that. And then you've got like the the top overhead camera. The cinematography for this part's really good. Yeah. This is a really fun scene to watch. 
And again, really fun to make fun of. Shapoopy yes. is a funny word. Yes, yes it is. It is. Yeah. Um, but we make fun of it out of love. Yeah, out of love. Yes. Like a friend. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And next here is Till There Was You. Ah. Oh. oh. Yes. A slower song that we um that we stay for. Yeah, yeah. The song actually has a lot of narrative going on in it, so you have to stay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> According to IMDB, when the Beatles covered this song, Meredith Wilson got more money than from the play or show combined. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> wow. You know, I guess I get it. Yeah. <laughs> because mm-hmm. it was the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The biggest band of all time, maybe. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This turns out to be the love ballad between Hill and Marion and highlights the emotional moment when he decides to stay for love instead of running for his life. Yeah, it's kind of that moment where they're together and he has the chance to go. He can go. Yeah, she even like does she like bring him in a suitcase. She's even? trying to make him leave. Yeah. She wants yeah. him to to not. Yeah, because there's there's a point before this, or maybe during this, where one of those salesmen from the train, yeah. at the beginning shows up, and yes. and tells everyone, yes. that Harold Hill is a big fat liar. This is the moment when Winthrop angrily confronts his hero, Harold Hill. This causes Harold to really consider his own motivations as he utters the famous line, I always think there's a band, kid. Yeah. Yeah, this is that part where he's like, you know, are you a big fat liar? Mm -hmm. You know, he's like, yeah, I am. It's very, and and that's a really cool moment too, because like I said, you know, Harold Hill, obviously he knows about music. Obviously he wishes he could be a band leader. Mm -hmm. He wishes... He wishes for the real thing. He wishes he had it. Yeah. I, I think he just never thought he could have it. And that's why yeah. he's always doing this con stuff. Right. He He's a con man because he's really good at it, but it doesn't really seem to be what he wants. Yeah. yeah. So it kind of, you, they allude to this throughout the movie, and this is where it like yeah. really culminates. Yeah. And lastly, here we have Beethoven's Minuet in G. La-di-da-di-da-di-da-di-da. He was just saying, if you can think it, <laughs> then you can play it. Yes. Basically. It was almost <laughs> like, it reminds me of the Band Geeks episode in Spongebob, this one, because it's a very, like, last second, kind yes. of like the worst music teaching moment <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> ever, you know? Otherwise known as the song used in the think method, this little theme gets repeated throughout the film. and ends up saving Harold Hill from getting tarred and feathered at the end. Yeah. Think, men. Think. Essentially, oh, yeah. these kids all learn to play their instruments by ear. Yeah, just enough to make people, th- to make the parents go like, yes. boom, he's That's got it. That's, That's my, my boy Barney. up there. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful Barney. <laughs> and it, yeah, yeah. Because he's in cuffs doing this. (laughs) And it's bad. It's so bad. They're playing it. It's squeaky and out of tune. It's terrible. terrible, But the parents don't care. Yes. The parents don't care. It's real. The band exists. Boom. That's all they wanted. That's all they wanted. wanted, It didn't matter how bad they were. Exactly. I mean, honestly, you know, they're. They're kids just yep. learning out. Yeah. What, what kid band is really good? It's I'm the, sorry. Like yeah. most... It's the first time they've ever done <laughs> yeah. it. They'll get better. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's just kind of like, 
I mean, it doesn't matter. Proud parents are going to see, they're going to be proud, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, it worked. It worked. All right, so we're going to talk about the cast now. First up, of course, we've talked about him a lot, but Robert Preston as Harold Hill. All right. He was a well-known Broadway actor that won Tonys for The Music Man and I Do, I Do. He also did several movies, too, like The Last Starfighter. Yeah. All right. Shirley Jones, who we're going to talk about next, said of working with Preston, sometimes when an actor has been doing a show for a long time, and he had been doing it for three years when he made the movie, they come to do the film and do things like, listen, why don't we do it this way? They'll start, start directing it themselves. He did none of that. He was so open to anything that the director said or anything the actors wanted to do. He was just so marvelous. Yeah. <sighs> what a great, great guy he sounds yeah. like. Yeah. I want to, like, if there was, like, you know, go back in time and meet somebody, definitely on the list. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yep. So then Shirley Jones was Marion Peru, the librarian. She was actually named after Shirley Temple. Oh, how cute. Oh. And she had several roles and really hoped to play the role of Marion, but did not think it was possible until Warner Brothers bought the rights and the rest is, as they say, history. Another little tidbit is that she was pregnant during filming. What? She found out three months into production, and when she told Morton DaCosta, he assured her not to worry because they would hide it. They used a corset and frilly dresses oh, slash items no. to help cover her bump. And she was also told not to let anybody else know. But in the scene when she and Robert Preston embraced on the footbridge near the ending of the movie, <laughs> little Patrick kicked Preston. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I would be kicking, too. <laughs> yeah. Because a corset... On a pregnant woman. Yeah. Mm. Wow. What the <laughs> heck, man? Yeah. But, I mean, incredible. Wow. They really, yeah. they really hit that. They did so well. I would had no idea. Never would yeah. have guessed. Uh. Yeah. Next, we have Ron Howard as Winthrop Peru. As a boy, Ronnie was an incredible actor, but... They said that he was not a showbiz kid, but he was amazing. So cute. Yeah. So cute. Which in this, he, he plays Marion's brother, yes. I believe. Not, don't get confused. Ah, it's not Marion's son. Nope. It's, it's her brother. Gotcha. Winthrop represents every young child in the town and the child in every adult. Yeah. <laughs> now he's old and bald yeah, and the director. And a director. <laughs> <laughs> Pert Kelton was Mrs. Peru. She began as a vaudevillian with her parents, and so she was an incredible performer. She was the original on Broadway as well, and knew everything about the character that she was playing. She was also the first person to play Alice in The Honeymooners with Jackie Gleason. <laughs> oh my god. My gosh. Buddy Hackett was Marcellus Washburn, Harold Hill's inside man. In the script, they had put Brooklyn because they assumed he could only talk one way. (laughs) They wanted Hackett because at the time in his career, he was very well known and could draw the crowds. I'm so glad Buddy Hackett's in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, He's so good. He's so so funny. Yeah, he's (laughs) great. 
Hermione Gingold as Eulalie McKechnie Shin, the mayor's wife. The woman that played her daughter said that Hermione played the Grand Madam from England at all times. <laughs> her trailer was even completely decorated with bright flowered chintz from floor to ceiling. So if you think of that old looking flowered just on the couch and stuff, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. those okay. that kind of pattern. I feel like she's like, method acting in this movie then. I feel like yeah. this is the role to try out for because yeah. I feel like this would be really fun to play. Yeah. It'd be really fun to be this over the top <laughs> mayor's wife mm. character. Oh yeah. Grecian uh <laughs> Oh my gosh, yeah. yes. Yes. Paul Ford as Mayor George Shin. He was apparently so sweet and <laughs> was upset that he was billed over Buddy Hackett. <laughs> Well, yeah, Hackett said that he didn't care, but he told Paul to get a ladder and change it if he was so inclined. (laughs) (laughs) Hackett, however, also said that he didn't even need his name up there because the only one that gives you billing is the audience. Oh, nice. And then we have the Buffalo Bills as the school board. And, you know, the barbershop quartet. Yes. The Buffalo Bills were actually a real quartet from Buffalo, New York. The members changed a few times due to moves and different opportunities. But Meredith Wilson happened upon them while he hosted his radio show, titled Music Today, after their quartet won the International Quartet Champions in 1950. He would play their album on the air and he became familiar with their work. He actually traveled to meet them in 1954, and after writing The Music Man, he reached out to them to audition for the quartet in his musical, and they were immediately hired. Nice. (laughs) That's awesome. Timmy Everett played Tommy Gillis, the firecracker and love interest to the mayor's daughter. This is yes. a, a B-plot going on in the movie where the mayor's daughter is dating the town bad boy. Yeah. As you do. Yeah, Tommy Gillis. <laughs> Timmy Everett was proficient in the theater as he won the Daniel Bloom Theater World Award in 1957 for a supporting role and the Theater World Award for Best Supporting Actor in 1958. All right. Yeah. yeah. He also appeared in a few television shows and things until he sadly passed away at the age of 38. Oh, that's very oh, young. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Susan Lucky as Zanita Shin. E-gods! <laughs> she remembers being cast for the movie because she had done the stage show with Morton DaCosta, and they got along so well, so she knew she had a very good chance at being cast in the film since he was directing that as well. She did not even have to have a screen test. Wow. Nice. nice. Yeah. It's like, hey, uh, Morton. <laughs> I heard you're doing a movie. You want to like, mm, <laughs> yeah. let me yeah, be like, in that. She's very funny. I love the e-gods. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Harry Hickox as Charlie Cowell, the traveling salesman coming to warn the town. He's the traveling anvil salesman. Yes. <laughs> yeah. His suitcase <laughs> is always just put down. Gong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Perfect. He was also known for guesting on several TV shows, such as Columbo, Bonanza, Gunsmoke, and Kojak. Hey, some good ones. Yeah. Charles Lane as Constable Locke. He was also in things like Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, It's a Wonderful Life, and The Aristocats. Aw, cute. 
Mary Wicks as Mrs. Squires. She has also been in the Sister Act movies, Little Women and White Christmas. Hey, she's great. Sarah Seeger as Maud Dunlop. She was in such shows as Bewitched, Dennis the Menace, and The Andy Griffith Show. Adnia Rice as Alma Hicks. She appeared in just a few television shows, one of which was the United States Steel Hour. It sounds like <laughs> it sounds like something you do pay per view for. Uh, you know, like this Sunday only, the United States Steel Hour <laughs> pay per view. <laughs> it's probably not like that at all. <laughs> Peggy Mondo as Ethel Toffelmeyer, Marcellus's love interest, the boss's niece, as he oh. says. Yeah. She appeared in TV as well, like Get Smart, To Run With Love, and Mikhail's Navy. Monique Vermont as Amaryllis, Marion's piano student. And The Music Man was her biggest role. Yeah. All right. All right. Cute. All right. So this movie, when it came out, it received critical acclaim and was well-liked across the board. As we talked about before, The Music Man won the Tony for Best Musical in the 1957-1958 Broadway season, which put it ahead of West Side Story. Unfortunately, though, when the movies were made, Music Man won only one Academy Award for Best Score, but West Side Story won 11. Son of a gun. Yeah. You know, that might have something to do with why, as kids, we all knew about West Side Story. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I agree. And though West Side Story is still used often in schools Mm -hmm. and won more awards, the Music Man continues to be a fan favorite today. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is why a remake was made by Disney and released (gasps) in 2003 with Matthew Broderick. Yes. And I remember when this came out because my family and I watched a few minutes of it and then we turned it off. A few minutes of it. (laughs) Oh no. I remember watching it and that's the thing, like I love Matthew Broderick, but it just was it was like, ah, let's just watch the real thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was kind of our did you yeah, put it's on like the, the I don't know if we did or not. I, I just remember we watched that for a bit and mm-hmm. went, mm, okay. This doesn't feel right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We were like, it's well, let's go back to the one that we like. Yeah. It this movie is such a I don't know, perfect capsule of some patriotism and mm-hmm. wholesomeness and music mm-hmm. and all these things and it's like just wrap it up and tighten a nice little bow and you got the music man yeah <laughs> it exposes the problems but also shows you the good stuff too. right you know the music man is the kind of musical that ends up surprising you non-musical fans might turn their noses up at it as it appears to be just like any other classic hollywood musical but this film is different The Music Man is funny, sincere, and filled with nostalgia. It's a biting commentary on the world in 1912, the world in 1957, and the world today. In some ways, it's timeless, while in other ways it may be a bit dated. But all in all, it's the classic tale of a lovable con man that finally meets his match of a town filled with people that makes him question why he started conning in the first place. So even if you don't like musicals, stop being so Iowa stubborn and give this one a try. We promise you won't be let down. Yeah. yeah. There's no con here. Yes. Nope. Absolutely not. <laughs> We've never conned on this show once. Awesome. We did it. Yes. That Woo-hoo. is a case closed. Woo! Woo-hoo. 
Uh, first case of musical May. That's right. Yes. Get ready for some more. Yeah. Woo, woo, woo. But before we go, we'd like to thank our patrons. Yeah. Joel, John, Jacob, Jacqueline, JD, Anthony, Shelly, Linda, Bob, and Carlos. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you all so very, very much. Yeah, we really appreciate it, guys. And we have a cool little announcement to make right now, kind of related to that. You can now buy us a, some popcorn, if you like, <laughs> on buymeacoffee.com slash blackcasediary. Yeah, so it's a one-time thing instead of Patreon. Yes. Yeah. If you'd like to support us in, in a way, but you don't want to you know, subscribe, mm -hmm. essentially, uh, on Patreon, then we also have this. And we would appreciate it more than you could possibly imagine. Seriously. It, we really would. Yeah. Yes. We'd also appreciate it if you just emailed us. Yeah. You know, blackcasediaries at gmail.com. Slide into our DMs. Maybe. Yeah. If yeah. you talk to us about <laughs> anything, really. Yes. We'll just we'll decide if it's relevant. Just go ahead and ask us. Yes. Yeah. Have you seen The Music Man? And will you watch it now if you haven't? Yeah. Because you should. Yeah. You should watch it. Yes. But if you'd want to listen to any other stuff that we have, blackcasediaries.com is the way to go. Mm -hmm. Follow us on social medias. Check out our latest episode of No Small Parts. Yeah. It's wonderful. BCD presents No Small Parts on your favorite podcast player. Yeah. All right. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Good night. Kisses.